And that was The Smiths with a track called Stop Me, if you think you've heard this one before. From the album Strange Ways, here we come. I'm David Eastall, and this is The C86 Show. Hello and welcome once again to another fabulous 60 minutes of music from the golden decade that was the 80s. And, as always, we like to have a special guest on the show and I caught up with Harry Stanford from the Manchester-based band, the Inca Babies. Yes, remember them. Well, they're still going and rocking out and they've got some dates this coming summer with the one and only Folk Devil. So I've got an interview which I'll be bringing towards the latter half of the show in probably four or five easy-to-digest little segments, plus lots of exciting music from that incredible decade. But to start the show, I thought we should play something from the Inca Babies. This is um, your favourite, my favourite. I know, I'm so predictable. Anyway, this is Devil in My Room. And it does fade in, but uh, when it gets there, boy, is it a classic. Yeah. 
capitalist I met once in a bar. The traitor in the collective is no concern of mine. Or the terrorist from Palestine who feeds on Russian wine. first time I heard that I went crazy with excitement that is the um, the one and only Jane Bond and the undercover men and that's a track that's the opening track to the album politically correct and it's called I made love to a Com- I made love to a communist and before that we had the Inca babies and the track called devil in my room and um, if you were paying attention you'll realize that um, I caught up with Harry Stanford one of the members of the Inca babies to find out more about lo- what life was like in a sort of slightly rockabilly band, I suppose. I don't know, what would you call them? I don't know. Anyway, they're from Manchester, and they were all very good. And the exciting thing is they had an album out a couple of years ago, and they're doing a tour this coming summer, which is going to be starting on the 8th of July and running right through most of July, and then a few dates in, well, there's one in August and then another another one in on the 24th of October in Middlesbrough, and they'll be supported by the Folk Devils. And um, if you've been listening to this show over the last couple of months, you'll realise that I also did a feature on the Folk Devils because I caught up with um, one of their members as well. So, because uh, we're feeling all rather excitable here, I thought we should play Hank Turns Blue. Face ain't stand line 
very dramatic and um, yes, not something I, I, that I often play, but I do have a bit of a guilty pleasure for the year, wonderful Sisters of Mercy, the track called Walk Away from the Album, First and Last and Always. And uh, one of the reasons for sort of slightly embracing my inner goth is that the I'd noticed that Cherry Red Records, who've been incredibly, incredibly prolific lately, have um, they've been, been putting out amazing amount of compilations. There was a C88 compilation that followed on, obviously, from C86 and C87. That's another triple one. There was also a Manchester compilation, which was only a mere seven CD box set, which is quite awesome. And just to cap it off, a goth compilation, which is called Silhouettes and Statues. And this is another five CD box set um, with booklet. And it's going to include or does include lots of bands like Joy Division, The Birthday Party, also Daniel Dax, The Cure and um, yeah, The Inca Babies, The Mission, The Bauhaus. Skeletal Family, who we may play as well as, um, I think the Folk Devils are on there as well, but there is just so much as well, so um, do check that out. That is on Cherry Red. The compilation is called Silhouettes and Statues, a Gothic Revolution from 1978 to 1986. And before that, we had the Folk Devils in the track called Hank Turns Blue, and uh, I was just checking, yes, it was Mark Whiteley from the band that I interviewed a few months ago when we had a bit of a Folk Devils special, and they will be supporting the Incubate throughout um, July on a tour around the country and a few dates in August and October. So go to the Inca Babies or Folk Devils website and you'll find lots more information. Anyway, this is David Eastall on the C86 show, Future Radio 107.8 FM. And because um, I caught up with Harry Stanford from the band and we've got that interview towards the end of the show, I thought we should play another track by them. This is Opium Den.
Wow, what not to like. That's uh, Danielle Dax and a track called Yama Yama Man from um, her 1987 album, Inky Blotters. And um, we do love a bit of Daniela Dax. Where did she go? That's what I want to know. And that was on the Awesome Record label, which I do believe was the same um, label that Sally Timms of the Mekons was on. I don't know. I'm just making this up. No, I think I am telling the truth, actually. But anyway, Sally Timms... Who is in the Mekons? And uh, just to say that the Mekons are celebrating their 40th anniversary and at the end of July have uh, got a three-day festival that's taking place in Suffolk called Mekonville. Build it and they will come. So if you want to uh, find out more about uh, that particular festival, just go to the Mekons or Mekonville and you'll see all about it. But anyway, it does look rather nice and they've got a great lineup and lots of exciting entertainment uh, all booked. And before that, we had... The Inca, Baby, Inca Babies called Opium Den. And um, I was looking to see what they were referred to in the world of rock and roll. And apparently it is, they are post-punk death rock band from Manchester. So yes, I was going to say Psychobilly, but I didn't think they were actually. So I didn't want to give any false news. Anyway, I, I caught up with the guitarist and vocalist Harry Stanford a few weeks or even months ago to find out more about what they're up to because they've got um, new material and a tour taking place in July. So they have of it. Anyway, this is David Esau, this is the C86 show, and this is The Cramps with How Far Can Too Far Go?
Indeed, a very dramatic song there. That's the skeletal family in the track called Promised Land. And, um, well, you know, I'm just embracing my inner goth there. And um, before that, we had The Cramps and How Far Can Too Far Go from probably my favourite Cramps album, which was um, A Date With Elvis. I have no idea if it is my favourite, but anyway, I'd enjoyed it, and that was probably one of those, um, I don't know, the summer of 1986. I remember it fondly, and John Peel played a lot of those tracks. So anyway, this is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show on Future Radio, 107.8 FM. If you want to contact me, we always love your messages. You can on via Twitter or Facebook. Just go to at C86 Show and uh, find me, David Eastall. I'll be there, always enjoying your messages. And uh, we always have a special guest this week. It is the turn of the incubator because I caught up with Harry Stanford. And this is the first part of the interview when I talk about the formation of the band during the early, very early 80s. Well, I went to uh, Manchester University and one of the one things I wanted to do in Manchester was to form a band between 1981. And I was already in a band called Catwax Axco, which was kind of a rockabilly sort of trash band from Derby. And uh, I fell out with the drummer and got sacked by them. So, of course, in Manchester, I needed to form uh, my own band, whereupon I met uh, my soulmate, Bill, who played bass guitar, who loved the Cramps and Elvis and Gene Vincent, and I loved the birthday party, the Gun Club, bands like that. And together we made this unholy racket. And uh, that's how it started. And then we recruited a couple of other guys uh, who were also at university. So we were kind of like a university band. And we we'd started in earnest in 1984, really, with uh, uh, we we uh, started uh, to we actually managed to release a single. In old style, you basically record a track and you go down to London and get it pressed, and it was a Prime cut. I don't know if that means anything to you. No. It means that it was at George Peckham's cutting studio. Uh, if you ever have vinyl, run out in the middle and see how many say a porky prime cut. Right. Anyway, I digress. Um, and we, basically, we start, that's how we started uh, in 1984. And we got to play with all our. We got to play with the Gun Club. We played with the birthday party and uh, all Nick Cave and the Batties that had been there and the cramps and um, alien sex thing did. So we were very lucky. We were picked up as kind of like a good example of the uh, sort of trashy swamp blues at the time. Fantastic. And um, we weren't really a goth band. We were more that kind of, as I say, trashy swamp blues, like the cramps, like um, like the Gun Club Birthday Party, as opposed to the later sort of Leeds goth scene, like with with bands like Sisters of Mercy and Skeletal Family. Right. But we kind of all fit in, fitted into that scene. And uh, we kept going uh, until about 1988 when uh, Acid House suddenly appeared. And uh, there was no room for us. There was no room for us. That sounds like something from the Bible, actually. I think that was um, something to do with Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem. But anyway, I know Acid House and Grunge, it killed an awful lot of indie bands and even death rock bands. But anyway, that's the first interview with Harry Stanford from the Inca Babies, who are touring and are back rocking and rolling. And this uh, this tour is um, supported by the Folk Devils. But anyway, I think we should have something else from the Inca Babies. This is called The Interior. Oh, 
Very excitable stuff. There you go. The Inca Babies and the track called Interiors and uh, the Interior. Um, And this is the second part of the interview that I had with Harry Stanford, where we talk about the alternative scene that was in Manchester during the 80s, especially because we love Manchester. Oh, very much so. I mean, we were part of it, but we were just a niche of it. Uh, I mean, don't forget, Manchester is, is not a rock and roll city. Manchester is a city that has its heart and its soul in, well, in northern soul. I mean, so even, and like Buzzcocks, I mean, they were like a northern soul band with fuzz-toned guitars. Yes. You know, um, the, the best thing that could have happened to Manchester in terms of uh, avant-garde was something like um, Joy Division and uh, the production work of, uh, of Martin Hannett, whereby suddenly this incredibly new, dark sound, which just made people really go, wow, uh, appeared. And suddenly there was this whole idea of what you could do with production, and that moved on into into dance music in a strange sort of way. Yes. So, uh, I mean, Manchester, as I say, it's not a rock city. I mean, we were, we were called very rockist at the time, which we weren't quite sure what it meant. But there, there aren't actually that many what you'd call rock bands. But then again, none of us were from Manchester. So in a way, we were, we were kind of uh, treading on the, on the northern soul toes of what, in, what intrinsically was, was the, uh, the foundation of Manchester's sound. Yeah. Uh, which is all good, of course, which is why, you know, when the Hacienda uh, took off, it was going to be a dance uh, scene, which went on to, after Acid House, went into rave, and the whole of the club scene, which really started in that, that little shell in 1988 in, in the Hacienda with, with Acid House, I guess. Ooh, that little shell. Indeed. So there you go. That is Harry Stanford talking a bit more about Manchester and the scene, especially around the Smiths. Let's face it, they were just fabulous. Um, though sometimes a bit tricky to still love the old Morrissey. We do love you. Anyway, look, this isn't from Manchester. This is probably from Minneapolis. And this isn't Prince, this is Huskadoo. Thank you. 
Yes, you can really sing along to that. That's Huskadoo in the track called Something I Learned Today from Zen Arcade album. So, um, yes, I think that's the opening track. And that was written by Bob Mould, not the drummer Hart. Anyway, David Eastall on the C86 show. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can via Twitter or Facebook. Just go to at C86 show. This is the third part of my interview with Harry Stanford from the Incubabies, where we talk and talk and talk about the Manchester scene and a little bit about the Smiths and also John Peel. What not to like? Yes, again, I mean, but they weren't considered a rock band. They were considered uh, a pop band and uh, also a pop band headed by a poet. So, you know, this is very much like uh, uh, like art and pop music as opposed to what we were, which was uh, was probably a bit more... Bit more of a dirty rock band. I mean, that doesn't mean the Smiths weren't brilliant, which of course they were, and uh, and uh, certainly uh, I went a few times and I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I was very jealous of Johnny Marr's uh, virtuosity. I was uh, always trying to think how he managed to get all those amazing uh, sounds and riffs so effortless, effortlessly. Mm. Uh, so you know, I was I was certainly uh, in awe what they were doing because you know we would uh, do quite well we would have a, a record in the chart because immediately the Smiths would release something and it would bump us straight off so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then they would say oh ten times as many records probably more uh, than us anyway so quite right they should be top of the chart and obviously you know with everybody from that sort of period who was sort of into roughly the alternative scene the John Peel show was something of a religious experience each each day virtually of the week wasn't it and you did four sessions which must have been fantastic to have that platform absolutely and the great thing about John Peel you have to remember is that he didn't just play rock music he didn't just play uh, reggae he didn't just play uh, get every kind of um, style, every scene, and he would embrace it. 
and take out the best of what he heard from all of those scenes. And his show was truly fantastic because there would be literally different styles playing all the way through, and he would pick out all the best music from anything. You know, I think the only style he did didn't like was disco <laughs> and uh, to a certain extent easy listening um, and rather sort of uh, the bland stuff he was very much an avant-garde DJ in that he liked the bands that did something that was outside of the mainstream and that's what his show was about and uh, he liked us he wouldn't have given a full, full session otherwise but uh, the brilliant thing about Peel was that uh, there were so many bands that wouldn't have got that initial radio play, if it wasn't for him. Oh, yes. John Peel, I love that. A religious experience. God, I do talk a lot of twaddle, don't I? Anyway, keep him with a bit of a goth vibe, and this one goes out to all you people who like to paint it black. This is The Cure, and boys don't cry. There you go, that's secure, and the track called Boys Don't Cry. As if you didn't know that already. Any, already. Anyway, this is the uh, fourth part of my interview with Harry from the Inca Babies, where we talk about, oh my God, the end to uh, channel the spirit of Jim Morrison. What Listen. happened was um, we, um, we, the drummer had left, and uh, the singer had long since gone. It was just me and Bill left. And what we did was we decided that it was a bit, uh, it wasn't quite right to be the Inca Babes anymore because we, we were no longer kind of, we didn't have enough members that were original. 
so we formed another band, which was called Hound God, and we decided to turn that into this kind of um, sort of noise rhythm thing. We used a drum machine and metal percussion. Uh, there is somewhere out there an album which John Robb from The Membranes put out for us, uh, which was called Autograph My CIA Assassination Manual uh, by Hound God. And I have three copies, which are probably the only three copies in the entire world. Uh, but that's a great record. <laughs> uh, I say so myself. It didn't sell very well, but um, we, we started off that. Uh, but then, you know, I, I started working at the BBC and uh, I got sort of got embroiled in that. And then I had kids. And uh, so kind of the band had to sort of slip away a bit. Uh, and then in 2007, yes. we started up again, myself and Bill. Uh, uh, back going, and uh, we started touring again. And did you find that um, you were met with great enthusiasm from some old fans? Yes, it was very exciting. Uh, there were people uh, saying, oh, wow, you know, I've got all your records. Um, you know, uh, are you releasing anything else? Fantastic. And so we decided that, yes, we'll, uh, we'll put out another album. We'll get some material together. Still plenty of old stuff. And uh, the good thing was, was there were loads of people who wanted to put us on. Right. As in, uh, give us gigs. Uh, I say loads. I mean, we only did a few gigs a year. You know, they, they were big events for us. So, you know, we really got very excited about that. And I managed to get uh, uh, Rob, uh, who used to drum for Hound God, uh, or play metal percussion to play drums. And uh, and so we, we got the band going that 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 way. And we we you know, we had a good year of that lineup. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Look, this is nearly the end of the show, and um, rather than play a track, I thought I would, well, I will eventually, but I would play the last part of the interview with Harry from the Inca Babies, where I ask him what he would say to his 18-year-old self, which is an interesting answer. I like this one. Oh, gosh, I would say uh, learn learn your craft, young man, as in um, start studying music in terms of actually really listen to it and take it seriously uh when you're 18 of course you're this invincible person who is incredibly lazy and rather complacent and you let things shoot over your head and you don't pin things down and you're disorganized um i would now if i had time i would i would be really uh, studying and uh wanting to know the uh, the absolute limits of my ambition, which my ambition was high, but my actual ability was rather little because <laughs> I didn't kind of have a way to articulate what I wanted to do. Right. And that was basically because I was either too dim or uh, not prepared to actually apply myself. But then again, 18-year-olds, you know, not all 18-year-olds, but certainly I was probably like that when I was 18. Indeed, I think we all were um, 18, especially in the 80s as well, because uh, that was always a tricky decade, but one that we look back with great affection. Anyway, that's the end of the show, so thank you for listening, and thank you ever so much to Harry Stanford from the Inca Babies for giving me that time uh, for the interview. I've been David Eastall on the C86 show, Future Radio 107.8 FM. I'm going to leave you with the primitives and really stupid. <laughs>